0: Then the change happens. Great point. Alderweireld, There's one of his classic diagonals to Rehillon. Goal! The Toggan is in there! It looks like there might be a first winner. And the shot comes in water!
1: Welcome to the State Sets First Podcast. I am joined with Chris tonight. Uh, we are MIA uh, Austin. We are not sure where he is. Uh, He's just going to come
0: running in a little bit like And so it, if
1: you, if we are <laughs> 20 to 30 minutes deep into this podcast and, and you hear uh, Austin's voice, that's because he decided to join us. But we have missed you guys. It has been, uh, how long has it been, Chris?
0: Almost in a weeks. month. It's been like Three weeks. Yeah, yeah, we we recorded three. two
1: days before Christmas, and then uh, our schedules just did not link up over Christmas, the holidays. We were always missing each other. We were trying to avoid doing another podcast without all three of us. Here we are, doing a podcast without all three of us. Oh,
0: you uh, missed me.
1: Yeah, we <laughs> we just couldn't. Uh, me and Chris couldn't keep me and Chris away from each other. So, uh, lots of games to uh, to review. Uh, we're not gonna spend too much time on them. Um. Because we have a lot of things to look forward so to. So much stuff going on, it's, and there's a it's, lot of things going on. We have a very packed schedule uh, until the end of the season. Chris,
0: four matches since we've last spoke. How are you feeling? I I'm feeling better after these four matches than I was going into them. Okay. Because uh, I mean, going into these four matches was the Leicester loss, and then stoke, Yeah, that's. I feel much better now. I, I yeah. had a very down. <laughs> yeah i'm pretty and, and if, and if oh, yeah. could if we could have held on to those three points against wolverhampton
1: i mean what a what a great four matches we'd come back and review i mean we scored yeah. in the first minute again you know, and dombele scores in the first minute against wolverhampton and then we kind of just see uh try to see the game out and um we we live in the late equalizer other than that you know three ones and a draw of our last four uh we've made it to our first uh final since what I mean, first English Cup final since 2015, 2016, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: pots uh, ran up against uh, Mourinho.
1: <laughs> yeah. And here we are uh, with Mourinho leading us to play uh, the Manchester City, um, who looks pretty dominant right now. So I'm glad they pushed that final back into to April yeah. uh, because they are finding their form quickly. So we're going to jump into all those things uh, first off. Let's go straight to that quarterfinal that we previewed last, Stoke and Tottenham. Uh, we did it on a Wednesday night, a cold Wednesday in Stoke, um, two days prior to Christmas. Uh, yes, I know that was two and a half weeks ago. Chris, <laughs> what do you remember from this fixture? Uh, we did see Gareth get on the score sheet. Um, it was a tight 1-1 fixture You know, heading into the last 20 minutes of the game. Were yep. you concerned at
0: all? Uh, with this one, yes. It's a quarterfinal of a cup. It's tied 1-1 for the majority of the game before, you know, we kind of took over. And I'm and I, I I'm going all of this with it not being, like, fresh in the mind. Yeah, 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 of course. This is a game where we had 12 shots, six on target. Stokes yeah. still had seven with three on target. We had them – I mean, we were massive in possession, 67% on the ball. They were 33. Um, our passing was accurate. Theirs was not. It's one of those games where we we had the game under control but it being 1-1 or really after after they get their equalizer in the second half
1: um yeah and let me refresh your memory on that equalizer that's the equalizer that Delhi uh had the flick that didn't pull off
0: yes and
1: oh. uh we were really we me and you questioned like what were our center backs doing what was Darty doing cuz that ball just came across Loris could have came out to to stop that cross it looked like I think it was their left back or their or their left uh, uh, winger. Jordan Thompson, yeah, yeah. Jordan Thompson came in and and put that in um, to even the score. Was do you, do you? I mean, if you don't remember, that's fine. Do you recall yeah. whose fault? I remember first, the flick. first off. Do you think it was Delhi's fault? Like, should he be pulled off for being who Delhi is? Like, Delhi is a creative midfielder. He has that flair. Do you? Are, can you blame him for trying that?
0: I don't blame him for trying it. And, I, and now it's really coming back to me because I remember us talking about this immediately and then a lot after the game. Um, because I, I want to say it was either it must have been Austin that didn't recognize that it had happened. Um, but, yeah, he pulls yeah, out. Let's this blame, we can blame flick. Austin for whatever. It doesn't matter. He's not here. <laughs> He's not here. So, yeah, but he pulls out this little flick or tries to pull out this little flick right in front of uh, in our defensive half of midfield. And it stops a breakaway, slows everything down. We could have probably gone up, I want to say, two to nothing at that point and maybe killed off the game. And right after that, he gets hauled off and he's not happy. And then we disappears into a black hole again. Yeah. I don't think he should have been pulled off because I think he was, from what I remember, he was having a fairly decent game. He had a great game. Before I, that?
1: I thought, yeah, he had a great game. He was, he was very creative. He was the... Uh... You know, he was the one that was kind of uh, he was essentially he was the
0: one who was running the team. He was
1: running the team. Everything went through
0: Delhi that that day in the first half, uh, for sure. I mean, well, it's funny because this is one of those things that makes me think that Delhi is not leaving and probably not really considering leaving yeah. in that. I think Mourinho has had one of those talks with him where it's like, look, you're my you're my project. You're the player that I want to. Like, there's so much potential there. You're the player I want to do something with, and I need to figure out how, and I need you to work with me. And Deli keeps kind of backsliding into old routines of his flash and his flare, which is what got him where he is, which is weird. But I I just, I, I couldn't understand why they hauled him off. I don't think that it was that big of a deal to stop that one goal, considering how much we were kind of dominating the game at that point. It's just, it could have been better, but I think yeah. it's one of those things where Mourinho's trying to teach him a lesson.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. But the problem with Deli, you know, and we might get to this a little bit later, but the problem with Deli essentially is that he is fighting the role that he's playing in this in the squad is essentially the Ndombélé role, and Ndombélé is uh, world class right now, and so yeah. it's going to be hard for him to ever find a spot in the starting eleven unless you want to put him on the wing. I could see in, where, where Stevie B would play and where Lucas would play. Um, other than that, he just kind of has to sit back and, and wait for another opportunity. Maybe Ndombele gets hurt, but then you also have Lo Celso, And we're going to talk about this whole Christmas party yeah. with, with Loselso, Lamella, and, and, uh, and Reggie. But uh, I think that's the issue with Deli is he just can't fit into the the system that we have because we have Ndombele and he's playing so well. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on Tottenham and Stoke. I will say that Ben Davies had a beautiful goal. To give yeah. Us the lead give
0: him the credit give to him make credit. that
1: two-one. Um, you know, even if Lion Scroll finds a nut once in a while, Ben Davies <laughs> found that nut in Stoke, uh, and I'll take it. Okay, I'll take it. Uh, that puts us in the semifinals against Brentford. Before we get to that fixture, uh, we go to Molyneux to play Wolverhampton um, the Sunday after Christmas. Mm. Um, this was a. This is a. This was the type of game that really frustrates me as a supporter. But I'm gonna let you. To
0: everyone. Okay, <laughs> I'll,
1: I'll let you take the lead on this game. How you felt this game went? We scored in the first minute with Ndombélé. Um, how do you feel like this? We played the, the remaining nine, 89 minutes plus stoppage time of this.
0: This fixture? was the frustrating yeah. thing for all of us because it looked like we scored one goal, and we've we've had this kind of game before, and I think we talked about it. Just these games where we score. And we push a little bit for a second goal. It doesn't come right away. So we just say, "Ah, all right, cool. We'll sit back and see what happens. And we'll just defend and see if Wolves can break us down. And for 85 minutes, they didn't. And then in the 86th, of course, they do. Like it's, We should have been all over Wolves after that first-minute goal. They were kind of shell-shocked for a little bit there, and we should have jumped on it and just, done everything absolutely possible to get a second goal instead we sat back let them have possession let them have control they pulled off 11 shots six on target they 55 percent possession to our 45 they connected more passes they were slightly more accurate on that like they controlled a lot of that game and we kind of tried to make it seem like it was one of those yeah we're happy to not be in possession come on and see what we can do and we'll counter attack but that style only works if you're clinical on your counterattack, and we weren't. We didn't do much after that. We just kind of sat back and watched. Yeah. And that's so frustrating to watch.
1: It was frustrating. And like here's a good stat, right? And this is something that I think this season, um, I don't not sure if you knew of the stat, but something that is won't surprise you is that <laughs> in twenty twenty one we have dropped nine points with goals conceded in the last ten minutes of matches. It's the most of any Premier League's gone. Nine points not surprised if used, at all if, if let's just say that you know i mean let me go to the table real quick and see where we are let's just say that we only drop four points and we're, we have those five points right now then we are in we're top of the league by a point if we yeah. and so the problem is and i think this is the same thing that we're seeing and austin would not agree with me so i'm glad he's not here is it's this mentality how do we keep letting this happen late in games it keeps happening 80 minutes plus Somehow they get an equalizer, and it's usually on a set piece. How can we not defend set pieces, Chris? What What is it about Tottenham Hotspur and set For pieces? For me,
0: it's a lo- that we don't kill off games. We just – when you – like I said with Wolves, we scored one goal, and we should have stayed on them until we got a goal – a second goal. A second goal changes that entirely. It changes their – then you really can kind of sit back and see if they come on and try and – but most teams kind of, I think, have an understanding – of a I guess kind of the quintessential Spurs mentality which is that there will come a mistake there will be a time when we will make some sort of goofy why did they do that sort of mistake it's in this it's going to happen and teams just kind of now sit back and wait for it and that's kind of what happened is I remember that Wolves corner was one where Davies just completely left was it Davies that left him uh, dropped off of his man and no,
1: I don't, I don't want to, if it's Davies, don't tell me. I just, <laughs> I just, just gave him credit. I don't want to give a free I header think, in I, the box. I believe, I believe it was, uh, it was not Davies. I believe it was Kane actually. Um, but I'm not sure.
0: But even then, uh, um, you know, like actually, I think about your center forward defending a corner in a box. Yeah. You, yeah, he, he's supposed to be able to do some things, but, um, I don't count that as like his main skill. That's a center back's job. But it's yeah. it, even still, it's one of those things where we should be able to score more than one goal in a game, and that would be. Yeah, it was, da- it, was Davey, it was
1: Davy it was Davy's man, and he got all the way across to the front post. Okay. Uh, I I just watched it and and got ahead of Kane. So flick on. Uh, it looks like Austin will be joining us actually.
2: Uh-oh.
1: Um. So when he hops in, we'll just we'll just slide him into where we are because. Cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're not, I'm not backtracking. Uh so yeah, that puts us um, you know, that that draw right there made us winless in the uh four Premier League matches. We had lost two and drew two. Uh it was our worst um stretch since I believe last February until early June when we did the restart. So yeah. that was a very uh very tough draw. I mean it's never easy to go to uh to Wolves and get a a result, a positive result. Um, so, you know, with that being said, we headed to Leeds. Uh, we actually, we went back home to play Leeds. Um, this was a, a weird one, right? I mean, this is a fun game to watch.
0: <laughs> I'll
1: say this. we knew it would be, <laughs> we, I'll say this all day long Leeds, while they not, they're not going to win a lot of games. They are going to be an entertaining team to watch. There were 38 shots in this game between the two teams um and we pulled out the victory 3-0 you know, um were you concerned heading into it i mean we didn't score until a harry kane penalty in the 29th minute and it, it, you know like i said leeds had possession they were this um, was one of
0: those games where it was getting there was like a it was like a a dam waiting to break Yeah. And as soon as the dam broke it was going to go one way or the other either this was going to be 3-0 spurs or 3-0 leeds like it was going to be one way or the other it was not going to be a uh, or it could be 3-3 yeah, uh, but it wasn't going to be like a tight affair. It was going to be one, it was going to shoot out. And that's what it turned out to be. But until we scored, yes, I was actually pretty like, oh God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any minute now, Leeds is going to steal a goal and this is going to get ugly.
1: And a lot of that, I think, was from just based off of our previous fixtures. You know, we just talked about how we didn't win in the previous four Premier League matches. You know, we just, it's been a while since we've seen a, a win. In the Premier League, and EDF not maybe the
0: Leeds game, we had failed to. No Stoke, we scored three goals, but I mean, we had a series of games leading back to Palace, where Palace we get one goal, Tot- uh, Liverpool we get one goal, Leicester we don't score at all. Um, then Stoke three nothing, Wolves one goal. Like we had this run of games where it was like, are we capable of getting more than the one goal it takes to win a game? So, even if you just get the one against Leeds, it was kind of like, uh, I don't know if this penalty is going to be enough to withstand. You yeah. can't sit back against Leeds. They're eventually going to try and find something. They
1: are. And I believe, I could be incorrect, but I'm pretty sure that um, that was the first time they've failed to score in an away Premier League game. Yeah, that's correct. That was the first time they've failed to score in, in an away fixture uh, so far this season. Um which means that leaves only Villa and United as the last two teams to uh, have scored in every away fixture. Um so, you know, that's a it's a shutout against a very high attacking um you know, they don't play defense.
0: Nope. <laughs> which is At what
1: all. I, I think Mourinho was 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 counting on and uh you know, that we got we did get a red card in the 92nd minute. I, I remember you saying you didn't even you don't Didn't Didn't even see it. Seeing it, it. yeah. It was a
0: 6:30 kickoff. By the time that kickoff, by the time that red card came, back to bed or what? (laughs) You know, it's 90th minute. It's three 0 I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll over and go back to sleep. I think I'm good here. And then I checked it again, and I didn't even wake up again and just go back and look at it because I was like, we won three nothing. I'm just gonna go about my day. It was later on that day, like lunchtime, when I looked at it. I was like, what do you mean red card? Why is there a red card? And I spent another hour scouring the internet to find the Darty red card. Yeah. I, I honestly
1: don't remember the red card either. I don't think I went back to sleep. Um it was one of those I didn't get out of bed. I woke up, washed it in bed, and then dozing off in the eighty eighth minute when it was three 0 because uh it's early, man. It's early. It was an yeah, early picture. I was game. up late and uh, Yeah,
0: you're up late and then you turn around and w- try and like wake up for a six thirty kickoff. Oh yeah. At least
1: this and, the um, oh. But hey, that, that kind of turned things around for us and then uh, give us that winning mentality again because then we headed into our EFL Cup semifinal against Brentford. Um, first off, what a draw, right? We, we avoided the two Manchester clubs. Uh, we have had a pretty easy uh, route to the final, all things considered. Um, this Brentford team is good. They did knock out four Premier League teams on their way to the semifinal, so they weren't something to just be overlooked. Yeah. Um And they played a pretty good game, I think. Um, they did. And you know they're a Musa Sissoko foot from being uh, level at one-one in the 62nd minute. Yeah. Uh, this lineup. Was there anything that surprised you about this lineup um, against Brentford?
0: Um, looks. Is Austin think- joined us? I think Austin's here. Uh, he's in there somewhere. He's hiding. I don't know. But no.
1: <laughs> his mic was muted hello hello oh welcome austin we were just talking about you 20 minutes ago when we started this <laughs> his mic's muted again well Austin, He's whenever you're ready us. you can join us That's so um nice. yeah the the big surprise in this lineup was sanchez being uh, yeah. put in for toby um and then Regulon coming back from his uh his christmas festival with uh it's lamella christmas and myself. yeah <laughs> uh other than that it it was our strongest 11 essentially lucas came in for cvb but you know those are going to be interchangeable throughout the season it seems like um this game brentford like i said they sit back
0: they we i think we had most control there was there any this was potential this was one of those banana skin games where it was kind of like this could they could trip us up if we if we let them if we let them in um, I'm trying to go back here and hit up my stats and see what it, uh, no, nah, I mean, we had 55% possession to their 45. So it was, I think of that as fairly even possession, um, 12 shots to 11. They just didn't only put three on target, but Brentford gave a pretty good account of themselves and yeah. they'd done that all the way through the tournament. So the fact that they, you know, uh, that that's why I was, I was worried about this one. Cause I was, I was so concerned coming into this game that Spurs would not take this seriously. Yeah. And Brentford would score early and then we'd end up trying to chase them. And it would get just we'd get embarrassed by not taking <laughs> Brentford seriously. That's really what I was concerned with is I just did not want to be embarrassed by Brentford because yeah. we just went in and slogged through thinking yeah, it's just Brentford. we'll uh, we'll get through and then three nil Brentford. <laughs> yeah, well, not only that, Austin. Uh, I hope you're there because I'm gonna ask you a question.
1: But how important was it to get it to a final, right? We are uh, a year into the Jose Mourinho project, and uh, he, he was brought here to get us to final to win silverware. So going against the championship side team in the semifinals, this was a must-win, right?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, the the expectations this year was top four and a cup final, right? And and Job done. We've he's delivered that. I mean, there's a lot been talked about in the last few weeks about how much Jose Mourinho um, understands the English Cups, right? That he understands the mentality of the English Cups and how to get through them. So uh, it was good to see us enter that game with with the right mentality and the right the right mindset. So absolutely a must win, and of course all Spurs fans Spurs fans are going to have that kind of. Yeah. Fin- mentality but um <laughs> it didn't look like didn't look like jose Mourinho or, or the lads had that mentality at all no thank god no and then <laughs> you know we uh we we that
1: beautiful beautiful um goal to kind of seal the deal um was mm-hmm. that started off by horberg to uh kane to indomite to son right that was the four i believe That was the seven yeah, yeah yeah um and son when son's one-on-one with the keeper like He's pretty much automatic right now. I don't know. I don't. I haven't watched a lot of other um, leagues this season, but I don't know if I'd put my money on
2: anyone else other than Sun in a one-on-one. Interesting, you say that, Colin, because <laughs> there was a, a, a stat. There was a stat mentioned very or put out very recently that across the Europe's uh, biggest leagues, um, Sun is by by far and away the most clinical finisher this year. He is like 40% over his expected goals. So like his chances of finishing um, uh, uh, his his shots, he's clinically finishing 40% over what you would expect him to. I think it's Sun, then Kane, then Messi. Chris, do I have that right?
0: <laughs> That's probably right. Actually, I think I think know. I think I saw the exact same graphic. And yes. You're right.
1: <laughs> and then Steven Bergwijn's, like, at the very bottom then, of it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was the graphic, right? Sounds That's like the top right, like, and CVB's at the bottom left. Like, opportunities and goals mm-hmm. scored. Is it? Um, but, yeah, so, so once they go up 2-0, then, then we feel comfortable, right? We talked about that just a second ago, Austin with Chris, that Wolverhampton game being up 1-0 in the first minute, but never really getting that second goal and killing the game off. And this in this game, we kill the game off in the 70th minute and we can kind of take a deep breath and not not worry about, um, you know, giving up that late goal. Um, because other than West Ham, we haven't really collapsed uh, a two goal lead this season. So um, they they do get a red card. Uh, Hoiberg, man, what a beast, dude. He gets his uh, he gets cleated, gets his. Shin just exactly, ripped apart. Like hard. Uh doesn't want to come out of the game, right? Yeah. Five, they had to
0: tell him they had to walk him back down the tunnel.
2: <laughs> yeah. Was not happy. Uh, not but, they. Jose Mourinho had to like physically keep him from coming back onto the pitch. That was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> and uh that just shows you, I
1: think, the mentality of the I mean, I don't know. Austin said this all along, Hoybear has been a great player. Uh what we needed to bring on to our team. Uh, for the season, and I, I know Sun and Kane have been great, but right now it'd be hard for me to say that Hoiberg's not not our our player of the season just based on the work he's putting in and the way that he's kind of transformed our central defensive midfield. I mean, Musa Sissoko looks like a, an amazing player as well because he's I don't know if it's next because he's next to Hoiberg or what. Um, a lot
0: of that I think has to do with the fact that Hoiberg is so good. Yeah, so let <laughs> me get
1: you, let me get both your opinion before we jump into this Marine fixture that happened uh, today. Uh, halfway through the season, essentially, yes, we have, I believe, two games left until we're actually halfway in the Premier League. Who is your player of the season so far, Austin? Oh,
2: that is such a good question. Because <laughs> you, you you almost have to say Kane or Son, but you just made a fantastic case for Hoybeer as well. I mean, it has to be one of those three. Um, you know, I think Son right now has to has to edge it because he's just scoring so many chances. But I, I I don't know. I, I don't know how to pick between them because Kane has, 10, has more than 10 assists and 10, 10 goals faster than anybody like in history, basically. Son is putting away all the goals, and then you've got Hoybier who basically is the glue. Is that Jose Mourinho glue on the pitch? So I don't know. I mean, I guess I would probably say Kane at the moment, okay. but I don't. I don't know who. What do you think, Chris? <laughs> Lucas. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Obviously, I'm not. Benjamin William Davies. <laughs> mm. You must have um, had to
1: give him some credit after that still goal earlier. We were previewing. I'm going media. to
0: say. I'm going to say Hoybier just because of how much of a difference just his overall presence has made. Like Kane and and Son are both playing on a different level from even from where they've been at their best. Previously for us, but Hoiber has just been that good of a like his presence in midfield is just undeniably one of the uh, one of the brightest things I've seen in a long time. I would also like to add son in his previous seasons, his uh, highest goal tally for Spurs so far has been 14 goals. That was the 16, 17 season. He's at 12 right now.
1: And that's just premier league or all competitions.
0: I think that's all comp No, that's just premier league because it was 1516 to the 1617 he played 34 matches, 14 goals. Yeah, that's just the premier league.
2: Okay. Yeah. I would I would I, I think I've got to switch my answer because Chris I, th- I really love what you said there and to me it's almost like Son and Kane are are the show right? But Højbier's built the platform yeah. for them to be able to per, uh, perform on without whitebears yeah no, he's played he's played he's played every minute of the premier league we're, so we're losing we're losing 3-0 to Crawley without yeah. without Hoy-Bear, Is that oh man yeah
0: who saw that coming like wow okay yeah, there's such
2: day. an entertaining side though i mean yeah, it's that, just that incredible was, <laughs> was it not what's the most entertaining, entertaining match? To watch. what's
1: the most entertaining match you've watched in the past 2 months as a tottenham supporter ooh and if it wasn't tottenham and leeds then
2: you're lying to yourself So I found the stat I was uh, referring to earlier about Sun, just real quick. Uh, uh, So uh, percent over your XG, Sun is at 44.4%. Second is Harry Kane at 21%. Third is Lionel Messi at 21%. That's how crazy clinical Hyungman Sun has been. He's twice – uh, over uh, percent XG of Lionel Messi, who's tied in second with, with Harry Kane. That's my way of getting around this whole Leeds question. i going to move on. My player of the season would be Hoiberg, one, Sun, two, and
1: Kane, three. Um, I think Kane's having a, a, a great season, but um, he's also... I mean, Sun is the goal-scoring machine right now. Um, he is stepping up and... Uh, but I think Hoiberg is the glue that connects uh, that keeps our defense as solid as it has been. Uh, he's just everywhere. You wanna mark you wanna take someone out of the game, put Hoyberg on him. He's he's gonna take him out of the game. Correct me
2: if I'm wrong. Suns won our player of the year two years in a row, right? I think he yeah, has, yeah. Uh
1: he definitely
2: won it last year because Kane was I hurt he, a lot. I think he won it the year I
0: think before. He won it the year as well. before as well. Yeah. Uh and also to answer yep. your question from earlier about the most entertaining game I've watched this season, um, Burnley Arsenal was probably my most entertaining game <sighs> this season so far. <laughs>
1: exactly, Burnley beat Arsenal. Uh,
0: that Arsenal's red card, the whole meltdown that came afterwards, that was. I meant a
1: Tottenham game, like a Tottenham a game Tottenham was involved in, <laughs> <laughs> not a game that you love to see one of our arch rivals uh, capitulate in. Um, so yeah, I would say. Let's how about one more question when it comes to player of the season type question. Um, most improved player of the year, Eric Dyer. No, not even. to yeah, move on. Next question.
0: question. Eric Dyer. Dyer 100%. I, I would
1: say Ndombele. Mm-mm. I think from where he was last year to
0: where he is this year, uh, has he gotten has he gotten better? Yes, but I think a lot of that has to do with just um his comfort. Like Eric Dyer last year was completely a different. This is like a different person. Like a whole different person. And Dombley, the potential of how good he was was there. He just couldn't figure it out yeah. and get it
2: sorted. I think. I think in Dombey, it's more of just he got, finally got settled. But yeah. Dyer has legitimately improved as a central defender because for the first time in his career, he has gotten a consistent run of games of just you are going to play as a as a center back as a center and back. only a center back. We're not moving you out wide, ride right, out wide to the right. We're not pushing the midfield. We're not putting you right back. Or center back, and you are a mainstay in our defense. And he looks like if it's not Hoyberg, is the, is the first name of the team sheet? Dyer's, Eric
0: Dyer right, Eric after Dyer's him.
2: right after him. I would just say, you know, an
1: argument against that would be how much of it is Jose Mourinho's system, and how much of it is Hoyberg and Sissoko sitting in front of those four that makes that defense look that much better. We not that Dyer has great. Not that Dyer has not played great or improved. I'm just saying because of the system and, and the way we're so compact compared to the way Pochettino played, it was very open. Yeah. It, it's completely it it favors the the center backs. Yeah. So All of our center backs Sanchez. Better. But True. even Sanchez has is, is came out of the uh, the shadow realm and, and seen some starts recently. So
2: I think I think the matches we've played without Dyer in the back, we've looked more suspect though his his athleticism and his ability to step forward um he's definitely yeah definitely but so when I think of most improved that's what I'm thinking of but you you make a good case for Ndombele as well and you could also look at players like Sissoko Um, yeah Sissoko another one he, he, he improved a lot a few seasons ago but he kind of plateaued and we're like okay this is the guy we get and now look at look at the player he is this season yeah do you, you guys think
0: uh, if Jan Vertonghen were around, he could get into this team? Or would he still be shadow-roamed as he was towards the end of last year? No, no. Not with Joe wow. Verdon and Davison
2: Sanchez. He couldn't get into this team. With, oh, Hoy-Bear and Sissoko, with Hoybear and Sissoko shielding them, I don't know, no. man. Because Toby's looked a lot better, too, this year. But we were never
1: really concerned. Like, Jan lost He lost step. He was just a lot he slower. He did.
2: Yeah. Um, he was
1: getting
0: older. I mean, but that you're right with that little bit of shielding of a player like Bear in front of him. That could be a difference maker. I still think Dyer would be the preference just because he's younger and they would want to bring him along yeah. and just say, OK, now's your time. Yeah. Um. So and I think Dyer's that's more aggressive. He like, yeah. in the, no, I think he was he was aggressive. But I mean, think we
2: have played Ben Davies at center back a handful of times this season i think we would have preferred to have jan vertong in there and that's the what 80s. i think
0: i think jan would have stuck around i, th- but I th- think yeah. that was
1: a few things joe Roden was it was a europa league game joe Roden wasn't um wasn't ready yet wasn't, wasn't registered it. yet for europa league so. No right no right i'm just saying that if we yeah. had if with we our had... full squad now i don't see him he's not getting ahead of toby mm-hmm. sanchez Roden or it's
0: um, like our fourth choice I mean, center back at that point that'd be sad I wouldn't want okay. Janssen back there
1: uh let's move on uh to today's fixture Tottenham versus Marine F AFC Jürgen Klopp AFC. was watching did you watch did you AFC. see that I did see that. Jürgen Klopp Man. was uh
0: keep a- Jürgen right. Klopp and a- Jamie Carragher are watching I'm gonna
1: I'm gonna ask each of you what was your standout when watching this game Austin what was the one thing that stood out to you it could be anything it doesn't have to be the lineup it
2: could just be anything what was the standout or while you're watching this game, that they were able to get cameras uh, positioned in that stadium somewhere. I mean, I felt like I was on the sideline because they had to put it so close to the action. Yeah, it was like it was like I was sitting front row at a like. Small <laughs> did you like stadium, that? Right? I actually kind of. It was different. It was interesting. I mean, it was it was fun. I mean, did you see? It just just the stadium in general was the standout. I mean, there was one shot where there was you could see in the background someone had climbed a tree to get to get a viewpoint of the field yeah. um to see gareth bale playing on a field like that was a pretty striking yeah. <laughs> chris what was your standout
0: um who stand out. uh i the stadium was my big thing i really well like i i had i been anywhere near that stadium i would have done anything to go to that game just because of the the size of it, how it looked. Like, it looked like it was like a... Uh, what I really would have wanted was for it to be one of those really muggy, m- like, rainy, muddy fields where they're just... To have, just have all these millionaire soccer players kicking it around on a just mud-soaked, mud-clogged field would have been great. I'd, and, and
2: then go get changed in the uh, clubhouse bar yeah, afterwards. Yeah, and
0: in the bar afterwards at the outside because of COVID restrictions. Um, But that, that and... I give full absolute credit to Marine FC for the way that they played and for not being – not just slogging around and ball watching and kicking it around. They actually went after it and tried to get some chances, and they yeah. did. They damn near beat Joe Hart right off the bat and almost embarrassed him. At that point, you you haul him off and you bring Gazaniga <laughs> on if they score yeah. that goal. Like, you haul him right off the field – and he is instant shadow. Look, no, no, absolutely not. You're not going to let Marine FC score a goal and go up
2: on us. Get out. Of the, get out. Can okay. you go empty net, like, in hockey at that point? Just, like, pull him <laughs> and put an extra? Uh, I think the thing that stood out to me was also just kind of – it
1: was like watching a high school soccer game when it came to the field and just the way – it reminded yeah. me of this fields that I played on in high school. Like, mm-hmm. it, was just, it was very – I was surprised Bale got on the pitch. I was like, he's going to get hurt. Well, yeah. they
0: said they said like before he's the game like he had like... told Mourinho, "I want to play, I want to go to this game and okay. get some minutes in and get get around and kick it around. Like this is a perfect opportunity." Yeah, and and think how cool it is for those players to get to
1: play
2: with, against Gareth Bale. Like, I think there. Uh, I think there was also. I think there's a really cool golf course right down the road that he yeah. wanted to play. Yeah, um, the reason the that morning, he was like, but, "Yeah,
0: I gotta get down here." There's a nice. Uh, yeah, there's
1: some good courses in Merseyside. So. <laughs> and I mean, shout out to you know Spurs supporters across the world and buying those uh, tickets to to um, those virtual tickets for the match to help support Marine AFC. I mean, this is kind of what football is all about soccer football football whatever you want to call it people don't understand um like this is our opponent right in a tournament in a cup we want to win and yes of course like the odds of them winning are very small but still we're supporting to make sure that they can stay a club and they can help um help fund their club because it's not it's not easy right now especially if you're in the eighth division of an english uh you know the eighth division of the English football, where your goalie is a, a plumber or whatever, whatever he was. Um, so, shout out to all Spurs fans that bought that virtual ticket. That was very cool. It was a very fun match to watch. Um, I don't. Did they, they didn't do the draw yet, right, Austin? No, they haven't done
2: no, the draw. No, I'm looking up right now. I don't. The, I think the draw is set for uh, tomorrow. Okay. Yep. They're gonna draw both uh, the fourth and fifth round. Oh, tomorrow. Round. That's weird.
1: Uh, let's quickly touch on the goals, Chris, uh, Vinicius or Vinny goal as Austin likes to call him, uh, with the first half hat trick, uh, thoughts on Vinny
0: goal and his goals uh, today. I'm with the announcers on this one. The first two were, he was in the right place at the right time. And then that third one was absolutely the reason that you get a striker. (laughs) Like that was perfectly placed. It was perfectly set up. And it's the reason that we needed a backup striker is that goal by itself. Yeah. So and he could have had a fourth one. Like he almost had a fourth one. Actually, yeah, twice.
1: Yeah. But that first goal, he was he was angry. That first goal was angry. Like he didn't have to kick it that hard. No, he. Like, he realized he was playing eight-side Marine FC, right? Like, he literally – it was like he tried to kick the ball through the net, and then he stared at the camera like he just scored it in the Champions League final. It's I was like, like calm you, down, man. That is his like,
0: celebration, to be fair. He didn't whole, do it all three – yeah, but he didn't do it all three thing.
2: times. <laughs> it's like when you're, like, playing – you're playing basketball against, like, your little nephew or something on, like, the short hoop, and you steal the ball from him, and then just – you just throw it yeah. down – and just stare, you know, throw down a dunk and stare at him for no reason. That's and what then you push right.
0: them over. Is that,
1: I think he got some shit for it. I think he got. No, yeah, I pushed my <laughs> brother over while he was little. Uh, I think he got some shit for it because his next two goals he didn't celebrate and, uh, <laughs> near as exuberant. He was much more calm yeah. in his celebrations. <laughs> They're like, "Chill out, dude. This is Marine going... FC. Yeah. That you're scoring again." I don't
0: think he really understood the significance of like this match. I think it was more of a just he celebrated a goal because he scored yeah. first yeah, so
1: uh, uh, Austin, talk to me about that Lucas free kick. where did Where did that come from?
2: Um, that looked like an Erickson free kick.
1: Yeah, like
2: I know it was against Marine FC, but I don't think I think yeah, that would have gone in, in and I think that would have gone in in the Premier League. Like where did that come from? Like, can we put him on free kicks for a little while cause like Harry Kane can't get it past the wall.
1: Yeah, and Dyer hits it over the what? you know over the goal. So I don't see why Lucas doesn't get a chance if he's in a game now for a free kick. That was a beautiful free kick. It was um,
2: absolutely amazing that was, I mean, I, hide, is he so short that like the keeper can't see him taking the run up around the maybe, wall
1: maybe maybe the benefits
2: of being a uh five seven I think five eight
1: yeah, he's um like, yeah, he's tiny who was your man in the match Chris I
0: would go delhi yeah, me too it has to be Delhi. uh I was gonna say Carlos because he did get the hat trick and I'm happy for him, but every one of those goals he scored. Even the third one, even the last one that was so good, had a lot to do with build up play coming through delhi. um Dude was absolutely everywhere. he controlled absolutely everything again, we caveat that with yes, it's marine, we get it, but he played a really, really good game, really controlled game, had a lot to do with uh with everything we did, everything went through him, so yeah, I'd have to say Delhi, yeah, awesome. what do you think?
2: Uh, no, it's definitely got to be it's definitely got to be um, Delhi But I, I, I'd like to give a shout out for just how ridiculous Musa Sissoko looked on that pitch. Just like <laughs> striding past those AF, those Marine players. It looks like watching if you go back and watch highlights of like Adrian Peterson playing high school football. Of him just like, just people just melting off of him. And it's like, this just isn't fair. <laughs> By like the 40th minute when he received the ball and started striding the space, Marine players just didn't even try. They're like, they just tried to like get, get in front of him or get out of the way. Like, they're there's, like hey, not.
0: <laughs> there's a player for Marine FC named Wignall, Ryan Wignall. The guy's like, he's one of their older players. He's like 33, 34, something like that. There was a, literally a point where he tried to bring down Moses Suzoko as he's striding through midfield. And Sasaki just absolutely shrugs him off like he's not even there. Just poof, and you're done. Yeah. And that was what he did the entire game. He was just a behemoth amongst what looked to be small children.
2: You really gotta feel just how <laughs> large of a like large of a person Musa Sasaki is when you had that camera angle on that in that field with the, with the athletes from Marine that were on the pitch because he just looked it's just, it just It wasn't fair. Yeah. It just no, it wasn't fair.
1: Um shout out to Alfie Divine. First goal. sixteen years old. That, it mean, was, at, that strike was awfully divine. Yeah. Good one, Austin. I He's see what you did you. there. Yeah. Always count on you. Um, can you so when he scored that today, I was thinking to myself, what was I doing when I was sixteen years old? And what a failure I am in life because this dude is playing for Tottenham Hotspur, first team and scoring goals as a 16 year old. And I don't know if if anything will come from from this player. It'd be cool in five six years, but like oh, remember when he scored against Marine FC and this is how it all started. But wow, what a, what a what a like what a way to introduce yourself to the first team, uh, first first appearance, uh, great finish. Um, your thoughts on that, Chris?
0: It was absolutely and. He's one of those players, like, there, he was very well um, thought of before he got here. I think they we got picked him up from West Brom. Was it West Brom? Wigan, Wigan I believe. Wigan? Was it Wigan? Wigan? I know. I just remember before he got here, there were a lot of big clubs that were, like, trying to persuade him. And I think part of it was just the idea that he could break in faster here than some other places. We have a pretty good academy. Um, I... Honestly, between him and Jack Clark and um, who, Harvey White in the midfield, uh, we didn't get to see Cirkin today. He didn't even make the trip, so he wasn't there. But we have a lot of good young players in the, the U23s and below that are coming through, and he's apparently like the, the cream of that crop.
1: That's uh, Yeah, so he was actually a Liverpool Academy player. It looks like he was... um he knocked us out in the FA Youth Cup last year with for, with Wigan, and then we bought him for about 300,000 uh, pounds this past summer. Uh, 16 years old. Um, yeah, maybe one for the future. Who knows? Um, but great to see. I mean, I was surprised at the strength of this lineup. I was, just, I was surprised at the strength of the bench. Um, I, clearly, Jose is taking these cups seriously. Uh, <laughs> <when he's>, like. <laughs> You know, if we're going
0: to go
2: into Marine,
0: we're going to win something. If I have to yeah. drag you guys through kicking and screaming, you're going to win a cup. Yeah. <laughs>
2: it was interesting to see the three players who are nowhere near the pitch, right? Hoy, Bear, Son, and Kane, though. Um, yeah. So that, that, that wasn't but you're right. I mean, now we're through the final 32. There's 32 teams left. Um, we'll find out around uh, 2 o'clock. I think it's like 2.10 Eastern time tomorrow who we get in, in the next two rounds. Possibly. But um, yeah, he takes him seriously. He's he's not messing around Um, and he probably still is a little pained about how he got knocked out of the Cubs last year uh, underneath him. So,
1: yeah. Uh, Anything else you want to talk about this? Uh, Obviously, we don't have our um, fourth round opponent yet. We'll figure that out tomorrow. So we'll touch on that on next week's podcast. But onwards uh, to the next to the next round, still in four competitions, still fighting for four trophies. Is um, so that Jetson Fernandez' final appearance? Uh,
2: what do you think? What, do you, what were your thoughts on Jetson, Austin? I thought he was fine. I don't know. I saw some people making comments like, "Okay, I'm glad he's leaving" or whatever. Jo- Jose called him and Ellie out as his as his star performers. So um, I thought he I thought he was good, but I mean, it's I'm not judging anybody on <laughs> their performance on that yeah. game because you should. Like Delhi Alley looks great, but you should, look <laughs> should like, look great. you should look like a man <laughs> yeah. amongst boys when you're playing against guys who are, you know, butchers as their day job, you know, or whatever it is. So Yeah. 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 Delhi look Delhi looked
1: great, man, man. I, I mean we're gonna get into a, a little bit of transfer talk at the end of this podcast, so I'll hold off on that. Um I wanna hop straight into the some previews. Um we have two fixtures coming up this week. Um first is gonna be Villa at Villa Park.
0: This game is Hopefully. still on for now. They, they better play actually. this game. They they absolutely Villa fielded literally their youth team in their last game. Like they better well, play this.
2: It's 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 the, the FA is, is really painting themselves into a corner here because the league and the FA for the Cups are not following the same standards, it seems like. Because if 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 Villa was able to field a, a team in the FA Cup, they're able to field a team against us on Wednesday. To postpone yet another game would just be stupid. If yeah. unless it, it, it's one so, thing, when you Austin, don't know where the why, outbreak's why, coming Austin, from.
1: Why would the game be postponed? How many players of Villa do you know have uh, tested
2: positive? Or I don't know the actual number, but I know there was an outbreak. Um, and um, you know, for some matches this year, they didn't know where the outbreak was occurring. But we had every single player test negative a day ago. And um, I'm not sure how many they've had test positive, and I don't know how frequently they're testing. I think it's every other day at this point. But, um, I mean, if they were able to field the team in the FA Cup on Saturday, they should be able to field the team on Wednesday. Unless the outbreak gets worse. i um,
0: yeah, so I'm trying to it look it up here, but it is so <laughs> up, I'm
1: going to give a few yeah. stats on the Villa-Tottenham matchup. Um, I did some research. In all competitions, Aston Villa have lost 11 of their last 12 matches against Tottenham. Um, Their only uh, win was against uh, Tim Sherwood in April of 2015. Uh, No, that's not right. When Tim Sherwood was their manager. Yes. That was in 2015, right? I believe so. Um, Spurs are actually unbeaten in nine away Premier League fixtures against Villa, um, winning the last five in a row. Spurs' only longer away winning run against an opponent in the top flight um, was against um, no that was it's the longest yeah nine so that's probably uh, knock on wood I hope we're not jinxing it here going to Villa Park having not lost in our last nine fixtures uh, Aston Villa have only lost six consecutive home Premier League matches against an opponent on two previous occasions so. Something's got to give here. Villa's losing six in a row, or we're going to be uh, keep this, this unbeaten streak. And then the last thing is that after scoring 13 goals in our first four away fixtures, we have only scored three in our last four. So, Austin, heading into Villa Park on Wednesday. It is Wednesday, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, can we turn the tables, turn the tide when it comes to our, our, our away results? We have struggled over the past four games. We've played some tough fixtures. We've gone to Palace. We've gone to Liverpool. We've gone to Wolverhampton, Molyneux. Uh, do we have what it takes against a very tough Villa team who is also fighting for top four?
2: If, if the game goes on, I, I would definitely think we have no excuses because they had 14 players test positive, 10 of which were first-team players on Friday. There you go. Uh, on Friday. So the day before their FA Cup match, they had 10 first-team players test positive. That's why they had to field a bunch of U18, U23 players. Um, now, how many of them were symptomatic? How many of them are going to be cleared to play? I don't know, but they're not going to have a lot of lead-up training time. I- if we play on Wednesday, it's, they are going to be much more disjointed than we are. We have no excuses. Um, they are a tough team. They do pl- have a good play style. They have a very good... Um, identity about their play. Um and they have not been they haven't been beaten in a little while in the league, I believe, They just right? lost to um, shit. Not to shit. They lost to Man United. Yeah, yes, uh, to United right. on that right. on, two,
1: two- on New Year's Day. That's right.
2: Um, um was, was that
1: a is was that a Bruno penalty?
2: Is a Bruno penalty, yeah? Yeah, of course. <laughs> hey, over half of goals are over half his goals are penalties. Um so I don't think I think I think we should be favored even though it's on the road to yeah. to score goals against them because I think they're just going to they're going to be cobbling it together and if it gets postponed and we have that and the full match to make up at some point somehow we don't, I don't have know how there, we're there's gonna. no room there's no room to make up. No we're playing every 4 days for yeah. like for the next 6 months
1: yeah, it's pretty insane. Um, so heading into you know everyone's pretty healthy. You know, LaCelsa and Lamella, I believe, are still kind of recovering, um, from some
2: knocks uh, or. Some Lamella Christmas. recovering from knocks or from being an idiot around Christmas. <laughs> I think I think a little bit of both. Is that yeah, time it's to be a? a, yeah,
0: a little bit of A, a
2: little bit of B. lucky he has a hamstring pull and he gets a little out of the eye for that yeah, yeah i don't know i don't know if you guys noticed but uh i think Mourinho could have killed somebody with it the way he was staring at regulon uh, oh yeah. Week or so. I guess, yeah at the brentford game when he was tying his oh. shoe
1: yeah he was not <laughs> happy um so i think you know let's talk about lineups here uh i'm not sure of the, the the 10 first team players but i'm guessing they're gonna have some key missing uh players for this game uh if this does go forward. So I'm not going to focus on the Villa lineup. Let's talk Tottenham lineup. Chris, how do you line up for Villa on Wednesday?
0: Almost the exact same as we've been. Like, it's going to be a strong first-team lineup, starting with Hugo. Um. Uh, I'd expect Dyer and Toby to be back there. Uh, Reguilon came on today, played a couple of minutes, so I imagine he'll be there. My big toss-up is, actually, Doherty only sat out one game, right? He only got the one game for, this, for the red card. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Serge should be back for that. I, I, I would hope one would think that it'd be Serge back there. Uh, Suzuka and Hoybeer in the midfield. And then the main three up top Kane, Ndombele, Son, and, uh, Okay. Be back for that one.
1: Austin, how do you you feel with that lineup? Any changes you want to make to uh, Chris's lineup?
2: Um, no, I mean, I think that's probably what we're going to see, but, um, you know, Lucas may have kind of played himself back into contention possibly, um, instead of, instead of Bergwijn, but I would expect Bergwijn to keep that spot. So, um, no, I mean, I think, I think you'll see Regulon come back into the Premier League side and I think you'll see, um, Ori play. So no, I think, I think Chris has a bang on. Um, I, I agree. I mean this villa team is very dangerous if they
1: have uh if you let Jack Grealish have a lot of time on the ball. So I see Hoyberg getting uh being attached to Grealish. Uh, he is their creative player. It's to watch, it's, yeah, He's their creative player. He is very skilled. I remember a few seasons ago we had a chance to get him for like I don't know, was it ten million and we didn't want to pay that? Um, uh,
0: we had him nailed down for twenty five. Twenty five. And then, and then we never pulled the trigger on it. And then their new ownership came in and said, "Oh, we don't want to sell them, so they canceled yeah. that whole thing." We didn't move it was like a
2: it was a timing thing, I think, is what. Yeah. We're, we're early in the summer they we kind of agreed on 25. The the deal kind of stalled because of the ownership change. And as soon as the new owner came in, the first thing they said was, "Nope, we want 50 or something like that." Yeah, I them.
0: I read it was one of those things where the ownership came in and rest uh, not. They basically canceled the whole thing out, but Levy had basically made the agreement. Everything's done, but he was going to wait until the dead, like the end of the the, uh, the window so that he wouldn't have to cover Grealish's wages through the summer. Mm-hmm. And then by the time he finally said, hey, let's go ahead and do that. They were like, well, we don't really want to sell him anymore. We kind of need him. So
2: Grealish in this current Jose Mourinho Spurs side would be a pretty handy player to have. Huh?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: Um all right, so let's do predictions and let's just get let's move on past this game. Uh predictions against a weekend villa side if this game does go through on a Wednesday. Chris, hit me with a prediction. Three one. Three one. Yeah, I'll go three one. Austin. Two 0 no. I'm gonna also go two 0 Uh if they are as weak as I think they might be, I'm gonna see them have a hard time scoring a goal against us. Um, especially if Grealish is out. Um And maybe maybe Ollie Watkins is out as well. I'm not sure. But uh, after that, we head to Sheffield United. Sheffield United, the bottom of the table. Sheffield United. I don't think anyone saw this coming into the season, that they would be sitting at uh, two points after 17 games.
0: Good. Um, They're bad. (laughs) That bubble
1: burst
2: and that bubble burst
1: hard. And Chris Wilder still has a job. So that is some belief in a manager. Um. So, I mean, think about it. <laughs> Not many managers can, can survive after having two points after 17 games. Uh. But here they are with a minus 21 goal differential, bottom of the table, bottom of the barrel. Um. Chris, is this a banana peel?
2: Uh, yes. <laughs> Without a doubt, absolutely. <laughs> this is absolutely. Anytime you ask Chris that question, it's always going to be yes. Absolutely a
0: skin. Um, yeah. Because we seem to sometimes have a mentality of walking into games like this where we just, eh, it's Sheffield, we'll uh, we'll we'll get by here. Let's score one quick goal, and then before you know it, we've got our one goal, and it's the 89th minute, and they sneak one in on a set piece. Um, yeah, this is absolutely for me a banana skin where we're the people who push them over the five point mark. Like, I I don't want that to be the case. I don't think we should not lose to Sheffield United by any stretch, but it's still the Premier League, and if you sleep on anybody in this league, they can beat you. So, yeah, this is a potential banana skin for me. Awesome. Are you concerned
2: about this fixture? No. I'm concerned that I'm not concerned if that makes sense <laughs> no, because that's
0: the Spurs mentality. that's how this uh, works
2: <laughs> I, because because almost what would concern me more is if this was a normal year and we had had the holiday break and then we came back from from this like two week or ten days off and then Sheffield is the team we played, then I'd be concerned. but Having games against Brentford and Marine, actually, where we showed up and were very professional, and then we have a match three or four days prior against Villa, I think it doesn't give us time to sit around and just like take it for granted. And the fact that right after this game, we have an FA Cup match before going into a season-defining match against Liverpool at the end of the month, I, I don't think players are going to look ahead of this. I think players are just – I think – I think the fixture congestion is just making it very easy for me to say, focus on the next one, focus on the next one, focus on the next one. And Sheffield have nothing to offer, really. They just really don't. And I'm, and I'm not trying to throw shade on them because they no, were such shade. a great They're awful. last year. But no, I, I don't see how they score a goal against us. I don't see how we can't score against them. I mean – so, of course, it's going to be like a 1-0 a 85th minute winner or some bullshit. But uh, I I just I'm not worried. But not, not being worried is what has me feeling uneasy. <laughs>
1: yeah. And that, I believe, is a, uh, it's a, sun, is that a Sunday game. It's it's Sunday. A Sunday. 8 a.m. Um, and so here's something that, to think about. Let's go. Let's go predictions real quick. We're not going to talk about lineups. I think we're not going to rotate much. We have we have a little bit of a break after that. Um, I think it's the FA Cup would be coming in the following weekend if I'm not wrong because we have a, a, our next game would be Liverpool on a Thursday so on the 28th on we the played 28th. Liverpool on the 28th yeah. so yeah Thursday so I think that weekend would be an FA Cup so we, we're going to have a week off so I think this is going to be a very strong starting 11 you're going to see the Sun <coughs> and Dombele Hoyberg, Sissoko back four maybe some rotation of the fullbacks let's get predictions Austin what do you have here Tottenham against Sheffield United on Sunday
2: 3-0. Uh, Chris? 1-0. <laughs> <laughs> Says the long-time Spurs fan. i was totally not joking
0: about that. That's going to be a 1-0 game where we I, score like right before halftime, and then Sheffield becomes like Sheffield slash Barcelona.
1: I also think 1-0 as well. I think it's going to be a very, very, very unnervy uh game. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's three nil at halftime I Maybe. do
0: too. I want Austin so. score. I want that to be it, but I, <laughs> I want Austin score. Uh, I think
2: this is gonna play out a lot like the like the full match is the way I'm kind of seeing it. That's yeah. kind of my template that I have, have in my mind. We didn't play full 'em. Not play Fulham. not Fulham. sorry. Um um Leeds. Sorry.
0: Yeah, okay.
2: Yeah. I don't think they play as
1: aggressive as Leeds, but, nah
0: <laughs> um
1: We'll we'll see. I think I think I think we should escape with three points. So if our predictions go right, we'll be sitting at 35 points after 19 games. That's halfway through the season um, heading into that Liverpool match. We're going to preview that next week. But that would be huge because Liverpool have United to play. Um, and that's a you know, hopefully a, if that a draw happens there, then we're heading into that game um, essentially tied with ahead of ahead of pool by one point and if we can beat liverpool at home here we are back in the title race right so uh once we're going to <laughs> win the
2: league we're going to win the league but think how crazy that is colin if we get to 35 points through 19 games and we're sitting within touch sorry sorry, top, sorry sorry 18 games 18 games so so, so we can get to 38 um, yeah, through 19 matches but that still only puts us on pace for 75 76 points yeah that's not usually title winning form at yeah. least But that's how crazy this table is. Yeah, the
1: season is insane. So I mean, from tenth to first, there's a seven-point difference. That's that's just insane right now. And there's a lot of the problem is is there's so many teams missing one or two matches that this table does look a little bit more skewed than it should, right? Like you have Villa at 15 games played, City at 15 games played, um, but for the most part, you know, from from West Ham all the way up to Liverpool, it's a seven-point gap in points. And that's not that much, you know. That's two games essentially. So it is a very, it's a it's a very competitive league. It's it's been a fun season so far. I think COVID's had an effect on the fixture, uh, the the fixture congestion has had a huge effect, and not having fans in the stadium has had a huge effect on the season. So, um, yeah, you know, if we can get these six points this week, we're we're in a great position heading into uh, to the Liverpool match on a Thursday, man. I'm going to be at a pub on a Thursday if that's the case. So (laughs) uh, hopefully I'll take a sick day. Um, Let's talk transfers. Austin, it's January transfer window. Um, There are a lot of – bless you. Yeah, I'll give you a second to recover after that. There are a a lot of uh, rumors going around like there is every January or every transfer window. Uh, I'm going to ask you both. If there's any truth to some of these rumors, or if it's false, um, quickly, when I move through these, I'm gonna go start with outgoing transfers. Um, let's start with the big one, Chris. I'm gonna start with you, and Austin. I'll give you the same uh, a chance to answer for every player as well. Chris Delhi, does he leave
2: in January? No. Okay. Austin, so. does does he leave in January? I just I, I don't I don't see it happening. I I think there's interest, but I just don't think it will. The, everything will come together to make it happen. Okay. Even with Pochettino at PSG, I know that's the big rumor now. I think I think I think has gone in summer. Yeah. But not 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 this month. Okay. Uh, next let's talk about Jetson.
1: Is Jetson going back to Benfica, or did we see the last of Jetson today, Chris?
0: I could see him going back, just okay. based on not that uh, it's not a critique of him. I think he's a fine player. He's just, you know, not a good run of games and. We're very deep in the midfield, and there's just no reason to keep him on and develop him, especially considering I think his buying price tag is somewhere around $50 million, Yeah, and that's yeah. just not worth it. So, yeah. yeah, he probably goes back. Okay, Austin? Yeah, I agree. Okay. Um, next
1: one is going to be Gazaniga. Does he find a home this January? Chris?
0: Probably not in January, uh, unless somebody – really comes in. Keepers are notoriously hard to move, so I don't think he moves January, but I could see somebody coming in the summer and sneaking up and taking him.
2: Okay, awesome. I've, I've got to believe there's somebody out there that needs a keeper, and I really hope for Gazanita's to say he finds a home, because um, I kind of see him in the same light as Emiliano Martinez, or what, is that his name? Yeah, From, yeah. The, uh, villa, the villa on. keeper now? Yeah, yeah. See, I, I think he needs a he needs a, a I mean, Sheffield United for for instance. I mean, there's got to be a team at the bottom of the table that needs a keeper, or even I don't know. But I I hope he does. I
0: I don't. I, I do too. I, I like him. I really think he's a better keeper than our third choice. Like and not making the bench at times. I think he should be playing somewhere. But
2: the, let me put it this way: the the club is going to try as hard as they can to find a home for him this this January. Whether or not it happens, I do not know.
0: Okay.
2: Uh, Danny Rose. Chris
0: why haven't we released him already I th- <laughs> there, there were rumors that he was going to be released because he got in a it was a drink drive incident so i thought that might happen but he didn't get released he's still on the still hugo, on the team
2: the old hugo special huh
0: yeah um then there's um there's some rumors that uh, was it Finabacci? Uh, we're Ch- making a move for him
2: yeah,
1: Fenerbahce or Trap Zandor or something. One of those yeah. teams. Yeah. it's
0: another it's another situation where no ill will against Danny. He dug his own grave when he tried to boss around Jose Mourinho, which that was a terrible move. Now, um, but I hope he finds. I, I hope he goes somewhere. I hope somebody comes in and needs a left back that's experienced and can attack. He's just not as fast as he used to be. Like I, I hope he gets a move somewhere, but.
2: Uh, we'll
1: Jack, Jack Clark. Does he go out and loan somewhere?
0: God, I, uh, no. You don't think so, Austin?
1: No, I didn't ask. I was see you,
0: Chris. Don't I know, look, don't but I saw him
1: nothing. not look at Austin <laughs> shaking his head. I'm asking you. I,
0: I <laughs> hope it's, I hope that uh, that he does. I think I would read somewhere that the plan for him was to keep him around until January and see if a, a good enough a uh, loan move that the club is happy with materializes. Something where he can go like um, like skip Scott got at Norwich, where he's a where he's getting minutes and he's getting time. If they can find a move like that, I could see them sending, but they're not gonna risk it for for another QPR or another lead situation like before where he went and then just never played. They're not gonna do that. They're they'll they'll keep him at the club and let him learn from Bale before they do that. Okay. Austin?
2: Yeah, I mean I, it's not that I don't think the club would want him to go on loan, it's something to kind of find a good match in January for him. Yeah, just right. prob- probability-wise, I just don't think I, it could happen, and I would like it to happen, but I just don't think it's likely. It with, with COVID and everything, that there's a team out there that needs a teenage winger, you know, <laughs> that's gonna put give him minutes.
1: All right, that's uh, all I have for uh, players going out. Let's talk about players coming back uh, or coming into the squad. <laughs> he uh, drops
0: hint, where he's going with that one.
1: <laughs> Sergio Ramos is that actually no! happening, Chris?
0: Absolutely not. That's not happening. Not in January. It's definitely not happening in January. Um, I still don't think it's happening in the summer. We just don't need a 35-year-old center back. It's just, who are we, Chelsea? No. Okay.
2: Austin? <laughs> no, that's a smokescreen that's not happening, but I think just from a pure housery standpoint, it'd be hilarious.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Austin, I want to ask you, Christian Erickson. Is it going to happen
2: or do I want it to happen? Now, is it going to happen? You know, I put this in the same camp I put the bail transfer in. Like, you don't want to believe it because it just doesn't sound like something that would happen. But we know that Jose Mourinho loves him. We know that, that Levy loves him. I, we need someone to leave for him to be able to come in. Yeah. Just just from a squad management standpoint. There's no reason why we couldn't pay, pay for a loan for him um and can you imagine a better player than Ericsson in this current setup where you have such a large gap between our defensive midfield and our attackers where there's so much space i mean he would it, if he would have just stuck around for 6 more months he would have found the perfect system once we got Hoybeer in it's just it's so frustrating that like, we couldn't convince him some to stay around. Just wait until your countryman comes in, Christian. Everything will be fine. We'll get, we're will get. we going to get you another day, and everything's going to be fine. But does it happen? I put it at, like, a 30% chance of possibly happening. Because Inter need to move him. Inter need to get those wages off their book. And Mourinho would love him. And I think Erickson would definitely be willing to come back. It's just a matter of if, if, if um, we if can move back more... out.
0: If there was more more smoke to the whole Deli leaving thing, and I thought that that might really, really, really happen, I would push up the Erickson move as very, very likely as. Those might be move.
2: linked. Those might be linked. Yeah. Yeah,
0: but if it's if, until there's more legs to the whole Deli on his way out thing, you can't really say that the Erickson thing's gonna happen. It's just okay. Uh, Fair enough.
1: Um Oliver Skip. Should we call him back from Norwich? He's no. having a great season at
0: Norwich right now. <laughs> leave him alone. Leave him right where he is. Let him keep getting those minutes. Cause he comes back here, he's gonna sit he's gonna be sitting behind the uh, Hoybier and not playing as much. Whereas at Norwich he's playing every game, game in, game out. So leave him alone. I
2: for me. Awesome. Uh leave him alone until there is the second Winks, Sissoko, or Hoybeer gets injured, then immediately recall him. We don't have to recall him in January. We can recall him at any time. Yeah. Um. It, we, I mean, I'm sure there's a financial penalty to doing so, but um, the second any of our midfield depth gets injured, brings it back. That's that's, <laughs> that, that's kind of my take. Because he'll get playing uh, time. I'd rather put him out there than Winks in a lot of these matches, to be honest. So. Um. <laughs> I thought Winks has not looked. Terrible. no that's not me that's not that's not me speaking ill of wings it's just that i think skips love skip and wings are very close in skill and i'd rather see skip developing than playing Winks. a wings who's reached the heights that wings is gonna reach
0: fair okay. so, point okay
2: um ryan susanian
1: do we bring him back from hoffenheim no
0: leave, leave him, him alone. alone yeah he is tearing it up
2: tearing it up
0: He's playing great. He's growing. He's getting better. He's From what, everything I've seen, and I, I actually watched parts of one of his other games, he's getting very, very comfortable with the idea of being a left back slash left wing back as opposed to being a left wing. I uh, Like I said this a couple of weeks ago, I think in our text message, if anybody should be worried about Ryan Sessegnon, it's Ben Davies. Because if they bring back Sessegnon to play the left back, why the hell do you keep Davies around? Like, why? Like, what's what's his point? What's his purpose?
2: Well, then all of a sudden we have Regulon and Cessnion, who are both because Regulon's been playing so well this season. Davies would turn into a center back, is what would have yeah. to happen. Mm-hmm. Which we've been saying for about three years now is baby's yeah. future at this at, the, at this club. Because <laughs> if you remember, Sergio Ramos played right back until his mid-20s, I believe.
0: Yeah, he was a right back,
2: and then he moved to center back, and that's where everyone knows him now. But he played right back in those teams. I believe he played right back on that Spanish team that won the World Cup. He might have. Because Puyol and Pique were both still center backs then.
0: Yeah, I remember him playing right back for quite a while in his younger days until he got to the point where he's a center back. But he's not, not
2: to compare Ben Davies to Sergio Ramos. Not, not at all. But you just did. <laughs> but you put some
1: respect on that Walshman's name.
2: He did. Score um,
1: a year yeah, okay. Uh, that's all of the names that I've written down. Any, anyone else that you guys want to talk about, fixtures po- or transfer window, uh, keep, possible?
2: It seems like in, like every possible Inter Milan player that, that could possibly be going were being linked with because Skriniar forever, now I'm seeing Paris again. It seems like everyone loves, if it's, if it's Real Madrid or Inter Milan and they're possibly on the bubble of leaving, just insert a rumor to Tottenham Hotspur. It's an easy click. I think that's just what journalists are out there, lazy journalists are doing, because I keep seeing... Enter in real players that are kind of on the bubble linked to Spurs, and I do not know why
0: because okay. it's just it's easy, yeah. Like you said, lazy journalism, it's easy to just say, Hey, you can do this. And I think Daniel Levy likes being likes having those those attachments because it, it works well as a smokescreen for what he really wants to do, which is hide beneath that and then find another player like a Bergvine or something. So, yeah, we'll see. All uh, right. Yeah. All right, guys. Anything
1: else you want to talk about? I know we uh, normally we would talk about some EPL fixtures this week, but the 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 it's really really weird how th- there's a bunch of makeup games happening and the fixtures are not normal fixtures. It's not like a normal weekend. Um, we we can kind of dig into um, you know Deep. the standings right now. We haven't talked in what, three two and a half three weeks. So uh, Arsenal have found a run of form recently. They are now pushing up the table. Um, Chelsea has lost their form drastically. It looks like Lampard is uh, on the struggle bus, um, losing a lot of support from their supporters. Um, Everton, at the ebb and flow of Everton, they are, um, you know, one four in a row. And then here they, who did they lose to last week? West Ham. Lost to West Ham. Yeah. Um, Southampton's beating Liverpool. Liverpool's dropped a lot of points recently. Two draws and a loss in their last three. um, When a lot of people thought they were running away with the league. And then here's Manchester United. I think that's a surprise. You know, a couple of weeks ago, they were, you know, maybe a month, six weeks ago, they were in like 14th, 13th. Here they are game in hand against Burnley. They win that game. Uh, Then they are top of the table.
2: Uh, anything else stand out to you guys around the league right now that you want to talk about? I mean, I just had like to point out um, for, you know, our, our, our avid listenership out there that um, <laughs> I am still holding firm on my Everton bet. Yes. Um, they are, they're, they're one of the multiple teams at 29 points. They have a game in hand. Um, they look just as good as Southampton um, and, and Villa and possibly at times Lester, so I mean they, they they could be in there. I mean it, it's gonna be tight and it's gonna be interesting to watch, but they definitely have not fallen away the way that that column right. Be. Yes, top, top six.
1: Top six. Okay, so I'm gonna ask you real quick and then we're gonna get out of here. Um, give. Let's just all of us will do it. I'm gonna start with Chris, so Austin <laughs> can think about it. Chris, what are your top six at the end of the season.
0: Oh, in, in no why? particular order. What? Okay, in no okay in no order. Give me one second. Let me get back over here. Let's have a look. Um, top, top six. six, no order. You can start with Tottenham. That's I'm gonna cool. start with Spurs. Um, Spurs, Liverpool, um, City, United.
2: Uh, what's that? Am I at four? It's four. Yep. Yeah, two left. That's. I think we're all going to say those four. I think we're all probably going to say those four, possibly. Yeah, I'm going to say those four.
0: I'm going to say Leicester and then Everton.
2: Okay. <laughs> awesome. Wow. Um. Yeah, I would I would not have put United up there a month or so ago, but I don't think no. they're going to fall away now. Um, <laughs> they, they've built themselves a little platform. So I'm going to stick with those same four of Spurs, Liverpool, Manchester United, Manchester City. City have two games in hand um, and are already at 29 points. So I think those last two spots will go to. God, it's hard to say that Chelsea's going to miss out, but I think they're starting it. I think this is the beginning of the end for them. Southampton's going to fall away. I think it will be Villa and Everton. Okay. I, I see SC City fall, Leicester City falling away cuz it's Brendan Rodgers and it's you the think, second half of the season. You think Villa's going
0: to survive this? Ten first place I mean, out?
2: Manchester United survived that, you know, October. So, okay, and we okay. survived our November.
1: Okay. I'm going to go the same top the same four in the Manchester clubs, Liverpool, Tottenham.
2: I'm going to go Chelsea and I'm going to go Leicester. Top I could six, definitely six. see Chelsea and Leicester being them. I could definitely yeah. see Leicester. I I, I have Leicesters this feeling have, that, Le- that Le- Leicester have, have the points them. right
1: now. They're still playing very well. Uh, yes, it is a Brendan Rodgers team, but you know, you know what you're gonna get out of Leicester. They're gonna easily. Um, I, I don't think top six is without is within their reach. And then I just I find it hard. Chelsea has too much talent. They're not gonna let Lampard ruin their season. So. If it gets too ugly, the, Lampard uh, will have to go. The
2: tough thing about Chelsea, though, is they've already pl- – they don't have – unlike a lot of these other teams, they don't have a game in hand, and Villa and Everton ahead of them. On the, uh, You know, Villa has played two games less than them and on the same points. Uh, Everton have a game in hand and already three points ahead.
0: Next year is Chelsea's, team, Chelsea's year, but it's when uh, – once they've settled, and it'll probably be with a different manager. I mean, for God's sakes, Timo Werner hurt himself on a uh, corner kick. <laughs> so <laughs> –
2: just, <laughs> against city right yeah and they let him retake the corner out of pity because i saw a lot of people on the on the match that made a very good point why did they make him retake that it was illegal. he you, there's nothing saying you can't kick the flag before you kick the ball <laughs> it was almost like they're like oh poor, poor poor timo okay just 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 do that over it's like when you're playing golf <laughs> it's like when you're playing golf and someone hits a shot so bad you just throw a ball down and you're like dude just try that again yeah it's give me redo Hey, you know what? Uh, One Morgan. thing we didn't
0: talk about just before we go contracts. We've had three players discussing new contracts in the last month. COVID. Two three weeks. COVID. You're talking that up to COVID.
2: Well, they've said the, that's 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 the club's official position is that non non-vital. Um, contract negotiations have been put on hold until we figured out. I just,
0: I figured um, the Sun contract at least would have been well, sorted Sun, out because Sun it kind of happened before a lot of this hit. The
2: one I'm worried about is Hugo. Hugo's got 18 months left. Yeah. Yeah, I think Suns gets done.
1: I think Sun, Sun loves Tottenham. Suns uh, gets done. Uh, uh, I, I think I Harry, no if,
0: the if they throw out Harry's contract, it's really, he would just be like, I just want to see if we're actually going to win a cup. Just something. Win a cup and I'll stay. <laughs>
2: I, I, the one I'm worried about is Hugo because yeah. he yeah. is at that age where if he doesn't sign a contract soon, we risk run the risk of a Vertonghen situation happening, right? Yeah. Um, where he'll go play his last you – know, I mean he's got more years in the tank than, than Vertonghen He's a does. keeper.
0: He's, he's got more keeper. years in the tank. He could play – he could probably get another
2: uh, – But you a, don't want him to go into his final 12 months of his contract.
0: And you don't want him to get to the final 12 months and then have Pochettino come along and say –
2: Come, come to PSG,
0: come yeah. home to Paris, and finish your 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 career. Oh, that's here. a really good point. Yeah. Fuck, that's a really
2: good point. So that really worries me. So, and, they
1: ha- and they have a great, they
2: had a great, uh, they had a great
0: relationship, a, basically a friendship. You know, they were. Yeah. Uh, now,
2: Chris, I didn't even think about that. Here's
0: the thing about having agent Pochettino over at PSG. PSG has a shit ton of money, so if PSG wants Delhi. And PSG wants Hugo? I want fair prices for both of them. If we can do that oh, and we can replace I them.
2: I
1: want fair prices, says Chris. <laughs> Give me fair prices. I,
2: I, want, I want 75 mil for Deli Alley. <laughs> and I want and I want I want Neymar and Mbappe in exchange for Hugo. I think that's fair.
1: I don't think I don't think we're getting uh that, it, I don't think you're if you'd be lucky to get fifty mil for Delhi based on the amount of games he's put in the season.
2: I think he's do I think he's worth it? Yes, but fifty mil is what an English team would have to play. If he's sold yeah. abroad, he's gonna go for less than that. Yeah.
0: He's gonna go for like thirty five if yeah. if that and probably and thirty five. I
2: think 35 is fair.
1: And but. I would not sell him for thirty five, but that's just me. And I'm not right. it's, it's not my money, so whatever. Again I mean, I guess if I got if I guess if I got the thirty five million, you can have Delhi. That's fine.
0: Yeah. Take <laughs> him.
1: <laughs> I'd, I'd probably sell them for
2: thirty-five thousand.
1: Like, 000 i'm not kidding i'd sell him for 3500
2: <laughs> and then you would blow it all on nfl playoff betting
1: <laughs> uh no i haven't bet any nfl playoffs uh, I, was gonna, I, bet, I was gonna
2: ask you because i bet brown's today. i bet brown's
1: money line today but I only put 20 bucks on it so i didn't win that much did i'm uh, guessing that game finished and they won right i don't know i, I was podcasting while we we're waiting on you were you watching it? Is that what you were doing? I fell asleep waiting on you guys. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, the Browns won 48 to 37. So.
2: That came got close? Damn.
1: <sighs> yeah. Anyways, this is not a Browns podcast or an NFL <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so uh, we have definitely, it's, it's been a long time. Uh, once again, apologize uh, for the uh, delay. Uh, the holidays are over. We're back to a normal schedule. We'll be recording uh, once a week. Um, the fixtures are coming quick and fast. We will be here to review them. Um, starting next Sunday uh, or Monday. Hopefully, six points uh, higher up in the table. And uh, come on, you Spurs.